Tom, let's just do a big picture. How would you best describe the rivalry with Michigan? It's the Hatfields and the McCoys. It's two great universities feuding, you know, like two big great families feuding. If you ask any Sparty fan what a Michigan fan is all about, they're going to say we're arrogant and that we think that we're better than them. And we are. <laughs> the real is probably not as smart as you think you are. We actually don't pay attention to what Michigan State does, and I think that eats into them. I believe it's Denny Stoltz uh, who said in the 70s that AA does not stand for Ann Arbor, but arrogant asses. When everything is going really good, they talk trash, they do everything, but if something isn't going right, there's excuses. That's not blue collar. Blue collar doesn't make excuses. What is inescapable is that the success of one is dictated by beating the other. And anytime that they act like it's not true, they're lying through their teeth. WDVM East Lansing, you are listening to Spartan Red Zone, the student voice of Michigan State football. This is the source for the best analysis, updates, and much more for Spartan football. Welcome into SRZ. Divided We Stand, I think, comes out on Thursday. That wasn't an ad for them. I just thought it was the perfect intro for hate slash rivalry week as Michigan and Michigan State take on each other this Saturday in Ann Arbor, it gets the juices pumping. It's a, it's a good way to start the pot off. I'm ready to go. I know. If you if you don't hear that, that doesn't get you fired up. I, I don't know what planet you live on. But Ryan Collins, Alex McRae, Eric Bach, I almost forgot Eric's <laughs> name. That was, un- that was unbelievable. Thank you so and, much. A- and Aiden Hunt, our senior advisor. Yep. Senior advice. I feel like I get I'm promoted every week. Yeah, I'm giving you a new name. I go week. like senior member of the pod, consultant, senior, senior consultant, senior advisor. I'm going to be like executive senior vice something next week. Yes, it 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 varies from week to week. Seasoned but, vet. Yeah, seasoned Man. vet, Aiden Hunt. But I like seasoning. We're in the teeth of it, boys. Absolute fantastic college football slate last weekend. Probably an even better one this weekend. And there, we're starting to get to the point when you start talking like big picture and who's in a, at the end of the road and college football playoff like discussion right now actually is fair. It's it's that time of year. Yeah, no, no, the college football playoff right in the heat of things. Uh, unfortunately, yesterday I was waiting at a Rite Aid, so I, uh, my roommate had to stream the college football playoff selection show, and that was quite an interesting time. But what were you here. waiting at a Rite Aid for? Uh, I was picking up a prescription. Uh, oh, okay. McRae yeah. is majorly under the weather. Yeah, as as um, I was told, this is my my flu game podcast oh, here. Boy. Okay. I wow. don't have the flu, so you, don't, like you guys don't have to worry about that. But it's okay. Are you gonna be coughing like Bach? I hope not. I'm about to cough and like now, so <laughs> it's like fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, last weekend we had our first game of the century this year, basically. As Coach O becomes an absolute legend as they go into Bryant Denny and just absolutely beat the wheels off of Alabama. That the forty sits of forty one was not the score. Like that game was in hand with six minutes left to go. Yeah, no, it was just a bunch of back and forth fighting the entire time. May, I mean, not really even back and forth. It was just Alabama trying to claw back. Joe and Burrow, just put your name on the Heisman already. Exactly. I mean, he just dominated. That was one of the best performances I've seen by a quarterback in college football in a very long time. 
and I'm really excited to see what he's able to do, not only with this rest of the season, but in the NFL as well. Post-game was awesome. Mm. Like, all the stuff coming out of the post-game. great. I, I get that, like, that one video by the player was a meant to come out, but it was still awesome. I, I don't care it anyway. Like, I enjoyed that, that owed oh going after the roll tide he definitely didn't like mean it as disrespect but like that's what you say to your guys in a lot oh of course it was awesome it was fantastic i loved like the whole post game him just being absolutely drenched in water and still being jacked somehow we we can say this was ed orgeron's biggest win of his career correct? oh yeah for sure well, easily not easily. even that's not even close I, I think this was a biggest win in, since lsu won a national title yeah. yeah we're not gonna call it a, a program defining win because LSU has been a, a national program for a number of years, they they went through a big slump. Uh, Not and, really and Les a slump. Miles is fading away. Of, yeah, you know we don't know what a capable quarterback looks like. And yes. We're just going to run the ball, you know, fifty times a game. But I think that this was a potentially a career defining win. For oh, Coach for o. sure, it it definitely gets you over the stigma of like, oh, this big dumb idiot from Louisiana. And you're just like no, he can coach. Yeah, you're like straight up. This guy motivates his players almost better than anyone in the country. Recruiting too. Yeah, great recruiter. I mean, who would not want to play for him? And he's willing to go out and get the best coordinators in the country. Getting Joe Brady, the passing coordinator for LSU, who is like rumored to be getting NFL money yeah. as a coordinator if they if they're trying to extend him. I doubt he will stay there. But like, if you're getting paid two million dollars to be the stay. coordinator, why wouldn't you do that? It's a great job. But, uh, yeah, LSU puts a statement in Tuscaloosa. I love Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow. Love Joe Burrow. Love him. How about Jerry Judy what? dropping two touchdowns? Yeah, nah. Like, they had a lot of mistakes by Alabama. They Alabama, were not sharp. I was all in on them in this game. Not if sharp. those loyal listeners to the SRZ heard me last y- week yelling at all of you last week that Alabama was going to win. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean— Tua, apologies accepted. Yeah, right. That's that's as much of an apology as you're getting. Tua was over 400 yards and four touchdowns, but that was mainly just trying to throw them back into the game. Like, and it, it was yeah. just it wasn't it wasn't enough. I mean, and my favorite quote: Stephen A. was making all these excuses for for Alabama and Marcus Spears, proud LSU grad, says. Yeah. Tua and Najee Harris don't play damn defense. <laughs> and that's that, true. And it's true. And Alabama's defense got—they have a lot of inexperience. So I mean, the, the yeah. linebackers got hurt. A lot of inexperience in the secondary. So Saban's got some work to do on that yes. defensive. because he—he himself coaches those defensive backs. You know. Yeah. So it's—they've got a lot of a lot of soul searching to do. That was an only kind of program defining slash like move into a different stratosphere as a program when Stayuma rode the boat. P.J. Flett got the boys ready, and they didn't shock Penn State, but they, they proved that they're a very good team, and they went on to beat Penn State. Yeah, no, I'm, I've am i been all aboard the Minnesota train for a little while now. I didn't know if they would actually pull it off, but they— They tried to they give it domi- away. They tried to, but for the most part, they dominated that game against Penn State. They made Sean Clifford look really, really bad. Yeah, I mean, Sean Clifford played good at the end of that game— he throws that pick at the end of the, the game to lose, obviously, but I thought he was pretty sharp in the second half. Minnesota is offensive line, though, is the real deal. They pushed Penn State pretty easily all day. I don't I don't know what the rushing stats are. I'm not going to pull them up, but just from an eye test perspective, that that's one of the better defensive lines in the country in Penn State. 
And they, they they run ran the football with ease. 40 carries for Minnesota, 121 yards. So a team that runs the ball a lot, but they got a lot of their yards in, through the air. Tanner Morgan completed. Two incompletions. 90% yeah. completion percentage from Tanner Morgan. 18 pro- of 20, 339 yards. They probably have the best coached and best wide receiver core in the Big Ten, too. Rashad Bateman had 203 yards on seven receptions. Tyler Johnson had 104 yards also on seven receptions. Ohio State says hello. No, Rashad Bateman is a legit first-rounder. Like, you, McRae was telling me that he's projected going to first round. I don't think Ohio State has a legit first-rounder on their their wide receiver core. I don't know. Rashad Bateman's a stud. I, I, they're I just agree. So, they're just so deep. Ohio State is. I'm I, with Bach. I think that's just a product of their coaching and their like athletic. I don't know. That's I just think me. Michigan State should have thrown every dime they have at PJ Fleck before he resigned. But yeah, but that's just like revisionist history. And I, I, I knew a lot of people were like, make him your coach and waiting, but. I don't know. I think Fleck is one of those guys. Who, I know he signed a contract with Minnesota. I doubt he's there for another three or four years if this program continues on the tra- trajectory that they look like they're going. Is, is PJ Fleck slated for an NFL job at some point no. in his career? Does he does he want one? I don't know. People he's not think a, he's not an NFL guy. The, he, like I I actually don't think his thing is a shtick, but like I it could, is it. Well, his shtick I think I believe it works. Ge- it's I believe, a shtick. I believe it's genuine. I truly do. I I don't know. There's something about P.J. Fleck where I buy in, and I do think it's genuine. I don't think that would be perceived the way on the pro level. It's like— No, because pros see through shticks. Yes, and I—yeah. I think P.J. Fleck is one of those guys who's just, like, such a good recruiter, mm-hmm. and that's, like, one of his biggest pitches of being a coach is he can get guys to, like, Minnesota. He can get guys out of Chicago to come to Minnesota. So, big win for P.J. Fleck and the boys— Getting them all the way to what eight in the eight. college football playoff? Bowl? Biggest eight. jump in moving from the seventeen, moving uh, seventeen in the history of the playoff in in five, four plus years. So that's that's something to say for them. Another team that continues the battle for respect, Baylor, all timer in Fort Worth. Oof! Shout out their kicker making like a fifty yarder to get it into OT, <laughs> and then them just battling it out in Fort Worth to win that game in. TCU Stadium. I love TCU's jerseys. I love how they went back to the like the old school little horn frog like collar. It looks awesome, awesome. Yeah, that, yeah. Game, that game was nine to nine. Yeah, and then going into overtime. what a bizarre game that it was. ended. Crazy. It hit the over. The over hit in that game Which because of overtime coming. Right. Yeah, so if you bet the under, you pr- those are things you go to like therapy about because yep. that's just some that's just mean. Baylor also covered. Due to overtime. I know. Shout out to Baylor. Shout out to Baylor. Shout good, out to... good teams win, great teams cover. That's true. Shout out to Baylor. And uh, uh, Eric Bach yesterday oh, tweeted. Tweeted. Here we go. He tweeted his like, top 10 for the college football playoff. Didn't have a whole lot of problems with any of it. I saw that he had Alabama at number four. Do you want four. me to read you the top 10? You can you can read it out, but the, the only point I'm going to make as, we, as I list off the top six of the actual college football playoff, Bowl is number one LSU, number two Ohio State, number three Clemson, number four Georgia, number five Alabama, and I believe number six Oregon mm-hmm. because I accidentally did not just type that out for some reason. But looking at that, and Bob said Alabama at number four, which I get. I get your logic. Mm-hmm. What 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 makes Georgia's loss exactly? What what makes Alabama losing? Alabama's to LSU? home loss to the best team in the country is 
Now, I know that the score is not indicative of the game. No. Alabama's five-point home loss to the number one team in the country should not be penalized any more than Georgia's touchdown or field goal loss at home to unranked and barely bowl-eligible South Carolina. I get that. Not bowl-eligible yet, not, I don't think. They lost four, they're, they're four and week. six. Okay, so needs to win out to become bowl eligible South Carolina. And they play Clemson at the end. And of the they year. play Clemson in the last game of the year. So will not be bowl eligible South Carolina. Yeah. I I get that point. But the one thing that well you didn't this is not even Eric Bott's point of thinking. It's just like this weird there's always one or two guys on ESPN that has this thinking where they like they don't like evaluate wins and losses where they just basically go, oh, well, if you do the eye test, they're the best team in the field. They haven't proved anything. I was going to say. they de- that, like It's early enough, though. Georgia's beaten Notre Dame and Florida, though. Yeah, that's my – that who, was going to say. Who is Alabama beaten? No, it's – right. And so right now, it's it, – it doesn't matter because if Georgia wins out yeah. and they beat LSU – they're in. Bot, do you want to read your top ten? Yeah, sure. It's it's LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Oregon, Minnesota, Georgia, Oklahoma, Baylor, Utah. So I think Georgia's too low. Yeah, I think Utah's too low. The, too like, high. The thing about it, every I think this year is one of those years you're not gonna have controversy because yeah. every everything's well, really gonna work well, itself. I got out. a lot of pushback for having Utah instead of Penn State in my top ten. Yeah, which I, I was. So so here's here's a here's a scenario. Here here's a scenario for you. Ready? Clemson, twelve and one ACC champion. Is this I, what this guy tweeted? Oh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Clemson, twelve and one yeah. ACC champ. Georgia, twelve and one SEC champ. LSU, twelve and one with a loss to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Baylor, twelve and one Big Twelve champ. So that means they lose to Oklahoma this Saturday. Beat them in the Big Twelve championship. Minnesota, twelve and one Big Ten champ with a loss to either Iowa this week or Wisconsin next week. Ohio State twelve and one with a loss to Minnesota in the Big Ten championship. Oregon or Utah twelve and one Pac twelve champ. Alabama eleven and one. Who do you put in? So I said Georgia, LSU, Minnesota, Pac twelve champ. I would agree. I would completely agree. Right? Yeah. I. I, I but but that is the first. If that happens, which I mean, it's I don't it's probably a, not going to happen. Probably not all of it's going to happen, but some of it will. Yeah. That's like. Immediate expansion. Yeah, I like <laughs> that, that. But in this scenario, every there's going to be zero undefeated teams. No, but I, I actually I retract what I said. LSU was not in there, right? I have LSU wasn't there. I have Georgia in in out of those. Okay, SEC champion one lost Georgia, twelve and one LSU with yes. a loss to, to Georgia in the SEC championship. Big Ten champion Minnesota. And whoever, either Oregon or Utah, one loss, Pac-12 champ. Yeah, because and Clemson obviously has one loss. Clemson, they would Clemson, they would have to lose to uh, Wake Forest, South Carolina or, or Wake. Forest. Clemson has no margin for error. No, yeah. they don't. No, so they, they, they have to go undefeated if they want to be in. So right. if they lose a game, they're out. Right. Yes. So Baylor is doesn't won't have the wins. Yep. Um, Ohio State, they're yeah. probably the ones that get the most screwed here. Yeah. With a but, loss to Minnesota, Alabama. All, at least all of these other teams have an appearance in a conference championship game. Alabama's probably the first one you erase out of this. Yeah. What, what are your What are your rankings for this? What, one through four. What are Georgia? They? I would go Georgia, LSU. I would go Georgia, Minnesota, LSU, Pac-12 champ. Okay, okay. that's fair. Yeah. 
I, I, I see that. I see that vision. I think, also, I think you'd have a tough debate between the, you can't uh, match between the Pac-12 the... champ and Ohio State. I think that's yeah, a really, that's, really that's tough the decision. What an, that's, that's the what question. A, what an absolute bonkers playoff that I, would be. I'll tell you oh what. Oh, my God. It, I love it. How yeah. about this? How about this? If it's Utah, Ohio State gets in. If it's Oregon, or, or Oregon gets in. Are you thinking like that? TV? I would. I, I can get behind well, no, that. No, no, no. I'm not necessarily thinking two that. Two SECs like and two Big Tens. So the so base that would that's immediate expansion then because you're leaving out three Power Fives. Yeah. That's never going to happen. Three They're Power Fives. They're never going to have t- only two conferences represented in the playoff. And three conference champ power. Wow, that would be complete the new, anarchy. The New Year's Six games would be insane. The one problem I have with expansion to eight, I I can live with six. That that's I can live with. Gotta be eight. Why does that have to be I, eight? I agree because with of Bach. because I mean, of that. This scenario right here is eight. There's no other teams that have any type of argument to be in after these eight. Yeah, I understand. Well, I. What if Auburn wins out? No. Yeah, that's like two losses. Two lost teams would get in in the eight every year. Every single year they would get in. Like a two loss team would get into the playoffs. We've, saw, we've yeah. seen two lost teams play. Back in the BCS era for the national championship. Yes. I, I and that's compl- why they changed it. Right. So, I mean, it's not like it's some unprecedented thing. And usually, two loss, I mean, if it works out the way it's going to, these two loss teams probably won't advance in the 18 playoff, right? Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I agree with that. I mean, I'm the one who's, you know, suggested a format for a 16 team playoff. I'm all for playoff expansion, but also it can't be any more than eight. Also, sneaky little, like, Subtle like storyline in the Big Twelve. If Baylor wins this weekend, Oklahoma might not make it to the Big Twelve championship. I understand they would be in a tiebreaker with Texas, but they still have to go play Oklahoma State this year at Oklahoma State. Yeah, that's and Bedlam is you can yes, that's just a toss up every year. Yeah, so I'm just saying keep an eye on that. So Baylor might not get the quality win that they need. I was going to say that might keep them out. Yeah, so I, I you look out for that, but I don't think Baylor's going to win this weekend. Shout out to Chip and Joanna Gaines. Probably gonna be at game day this week. They gotta be. Who else is gonna go to game they day? They literally own Waco? that town. They do. The entire city. Well, is Magnolia. game day's been to Waco before. Who was the guest picker? I think I. Uh, I don't know. Was that back in the RG three days? Yeah, no, but I, no, it was back in the Bryce Petty days. Bryce Petty was the yeah. truth. When uh, when they played, um, might have been Oklahoma. Might yeah, I think it was. It was Baker. It was Baker's sophomore year. Oklahoma State, maybe? No, it was Oklahoma. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, when they wore those all black yes, uniforms. Exactly. Yeah. Who was the guest picker that day? I have no idea. All right, tell we'll, 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 but I, I, I'm assuming we'll get, we'll get research on that. I think that was like five years. Chip and Joanne are big time now. Like they, you. Put, they don't even have their show on. The show. Oh yeah, because they you know decided they didn't want their own show. And you know what they're coming out with instead? An entire network. Basically, they're yeah. gonna put DIY and HGTV into the ground. No, there's no, there's no shot that would ever happen. There's and too also, many dads it's in fake. America. It's fake. I was gonna say, I, you know, I was actually watching that show. I don't even know what it's called on HGTV. They're genuine. Come on, Bach. And I, I was fake. Wa- I, I watched like so how dare you talk about Chip and Joanna? Though? I watched they, like, they, they filmed oh three or four endings. I watched like five minutes of the show at the urgent care yesterday. So fake. What do you mean they it's filmed so different fake. endings? HGTV in general is fake. You, oh, you no, ever seen Love Hunters? You ever House seen Hunters. Love It or List It? Okay, Love It or List It. I don't <laughs> like. You actually should not get me going. On. I love. I actually really enjoy Love It or List It. Okay, I, I, love I, I got. I got to get a quick rant off. Before. Oh, here we go. Can I'm we at, talk about? I don't know. I don't remember. I think I remember Hillary. Is it David who's a realtor? Yep. 
The fact that date like the people they're so stupid. They're so they're so stupid. The people that <laughs> are buying and like love or listing their houses are so ungrateful. Oh, I it know. It bugs me to oh, like they no. always list it no. all the time. No, 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 no they, they always don't. love it no, when they, they should it. list it. It's yeah. no. They, they, they always, always should make list the wrong it. decision. Oh, it's it, always wrong. It's it's almost it literally makes my skin crawl. Oh. It makes me want to punch my TV <laughs> when the people are like well, uh, Hillary's not giving us what we want. Uh, Sorry, you're the ones yeah. who have termites in your attic. Yeah, it, or it's <laughs> not the ones, their fault. You're the ones that don't have the budget for yeah. Hillary to add on a closet to your master bedroom. She's like, like it, geez. It's like Jeremy and like uh, like Carissa are buying a house, and Carissa's like, well, Hillary's not giving us that yeah. extra bathroom we uh, wanted. Well, sorry, you have fork up the money then. No, no, no. Sorry, you have mold in your basement because it's your fault. And you're like blaming them. It's crazy to me. Let's move on from Lover Lucid. Just already, real quick. What? Um, wait. Are you gonna talk about something else on HGTV? No, I'm talk? not gonna talk. If you, I could talk to HGTV all day, I can. But explain. We, gotta, we gotta get in the mission. Okay, state, Illinois I can soon. explain the Chip and Joe thing because I will not accept any Chip and Joe slander on the show. Oh, me either. So they, when you buy the three houses you see on on Fixer Upper, they've already bought the house. You know which house they're buying. Yeah, because they own all of them. No, no. The couple's already bought the house. They oh, already yeah, own it. Yeah, they yeah. just show the other two for the show. So yeah. that part is, is scripted, yes, but the rest of it's real. I believe that. I don't believe it. I believe it with all house of my Hunters. Baylor was playing Kansas State, by the way, in 2014, but they were which playing is random. Oklahoma in 2015. Yeah. Oklahoma in 2015. I thought they had game day in 2015. They yeah. Did. In 14, it was Kansas Colin State. Colin Klein or whatever his yes. name is. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was a bit of a... <laughs> But seriously, people are so because they're so lazy and they don't want to move. It's crazy. They, I love they, it. David finds them the absolute perfect house for everything that they want. And they're like, well, Hillary wants to give us this, so we don't want to move. It's absolutely crazy to me, too. Their wish list is so impossible. They're it like, is. And David somehow finds everything they want, and no, they still don't do they're it. They're like, yeah, well, this is a little bit outside your neighborhood. Yeah. This is two blocks away from the middle school. And, so, and, and then they're like, shut well, up. They're like, well, we love being in our neighborhood. I'm like, then love it. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. stop. Why are you wasting process. all of our time? Just renovate the house. It's yeah. a preposterous show. It's so infuriating. It is. And I get it wrong every time. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. Every time. Even I, though it's fake, we're still mad about it. I didn't think <laughs> this was going to be the thing that Bach got me triggered. But yeah, yeah, true. It did. But let's move into Mission State, Illinois. Sadly. Ugh, more, I, I think that's the most fired up I'm going to be in today's show because this MSU-Illinois game, I don't know how you get fired up about some, I mean, I know how you get fired up about it, but at the season Michigan State's had, it's just another game. So, uh, Lovey Smith in the line, I get bowl eligible. Stunned to Spartans, 37-34. MSU blows a 25-point lead and loses a lot more credibility with that. Did they have any going in? I, I think they had a little sliver, not at, anymore. At, at halftime, they did. At oh, halftime, they had a lot of credibility. True. I bought in. I was like, oh, this team might give Michigan at, a game. The end of the third quarter? Credibility, yep. thirty-one to ten. Sure, why not? First the f- play of the fourth quarter, twenty-seven went out points. The window. Twenty-seven unanswered points. Not, no, not unanswered, but twenty-seven points to three points in the fourth quarter. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty insane. It's, it's inexcusable. How how can as a coach, how can you let that happen? We're gonna talk about some of the coaching blunders after I list off some of the stats, oh, yeah. and I I I think there's. 
when you looked at this team, you can say Michigan State's been in situations like this where you look back at the playoff year and they lost in Nebraska where they got too conservative. And and they just like didn't they didn't want to draw and win the game. This one, I think you could sort of put in that category. I think they just played stared at the end of the game. Yep. And they Michigan State was just the better team. So I it, it's a game you lose and you you that's one that actually hurts because they truly were the better team for I think the majority of this football and game. D'Antonio said it's one that will stay with him forever. It should. It should. Yeah. yeah. But uh Brian Lewerke goes nineteen to thirty six, two hundred and fifty one yards, one T D three interceptions. Two of those in the first half, I think they got a little bit greedy. Trey Mosley drops one that kind of plops up. Another one gets deflected. Illinois catches it. And then the third one, he mm. – I said this to Joe. By the way, Joe Danger is in the studio. Alex McCray, if you want to turn on Joe's mic so he can comment on what I'm about to say, the levels are already up. I just need to turn it on. But I said this to Joe while we were – because we were on the call for the game. When he got hit and they and they kind of took a timeout, I was like, he has a concussion. I said that and like immediately after that happened. Oh yeah, when that happened, I was like, he he. You could see you could see about... him. He went right because what did Antonio say after he was like, it's his call or something he said like that. Something like that. Like, yeah, he, it's not he, the player's miss, call. I was like, I don't know about that. Mess that up. No, but regardless, I don't think they called the timeout. But it was like immediately snap back and he just threw it to no one. Yeah, and you were like, you kind of knew at that point, you're like, ah. So Something like, yeah. was going, like, even if he didn't have a concussion, he was clearly banged up. I think Lewerke said he, like, it was just his neck that, at, like, felt the brunt of that hit. Well, that's always good. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> but, I, I mean, that pitch that's changed the game. Like it, it really, That was when everything really shifted. That's when you were, it, it got real. It got real, real. You're like, oh. They're only a touchdown down with about I think seven minutes left in the game. The pick six, like, no, the pick six, six was what made it thirty-one thirty because they it? missed the extra point. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And I, that I, it was at that point it was like oh man. Yeah, but yeah, a- absolutely crazy like play, crazy sequence. I, I and Brian Lewerke actually was great on the ground. Eleven carries for ninety-six yards, one TD. I actually liked what they did in the run game. Elijah Collins got going. Twenty-eight carries, one seventy and two TDs. Cody White had a pretty solid day, probably his best day of the year. Most targets he probably saw all season with Daryl Stewart being out. Seven receptions, 128 yards. I'm going to say one thing about the run game before getting to Illini's stats. I really liked what they did with the run game. And and I they, they in the third and fourth quarter, they kind of got away from it, which I didn't really understand. And you saw when they fumbled at the one-yard line that ended up not being a fumble. And it ended up just Michigan State settling for a for a field goal. Excuse me, they got away from that for some reason. They went under center, and it caused it caused like mayhem. I don't know what they were doing. Yeah, I'm not sure what they were doing with that offensive scheme, but the line was blocking very well in the first. They set half. the edge very well. They a did. lot of outside. They opened runs. up a lot of you know outside you know off tackle runs. And I don't know why they went away from it because going back in the shotgun snaps consistently. I mean. You could tell that that wasn't Matt Allen snapping the football. Yeah. You you could tell that Brian Lewerke hadn't been taking snaps from, was it Blake Buter who was doing it? I thought it was Samak. Samak. They were both listed on the depth chart. I, I think I saw both of them in there at times. but I believe Samak's starting this week. Yeah. D'Antonio said he played very well. And they you could tell that there was some chemistry issues there, and I'm surprised they went away from the running game when yeah. that was – Proven to be an issue. I mean, Michigan State outrushed Illinois 275 to 36. 
you shouldn't lose football games for that's that's a stat line and that's not a hard thing to say that's a, that's a pretty layman's term for anything but i mean michigan state i i i don't even know where to go with these illinois stat lines because guess what this defense michigan state shut them down in the first half completely a fluke hill mary which is completely on the coaching how shakir brown is even in a situation to be on a one-on-one ball with that with nine seconds left in the half is crazy. But after that is the reason that game even got close because you go in a half twenty-eight to three. I, I th- that's you pack it in. You get a hell mary. You're only down eighteen. Little you have a little fight left. But uh, Brandon Peters, very good second half. I was really impressed with his mobility. I didn't really see that a lot at Michigan. Great play on that last touchdown having patience enough to wait for his guy to get open in the back of the end zone. Really good play there by Brandon Peters. And went 22 for 42, 369 yards, three TDs, and one interception. One really bad interception that if they wouldn't have won that game, he probably would have been losing sleep over. But Brandon Peters, good good for him. I'm, I'm actually happy for Brandon Peters. No? No one's happy for yeah, him? Yeah, he's fine. I, I I never was a Brandon Peters hater. I felt bad for him actually. He, he did he some did of the things say, that happened to him. He did say after the game that Michigan State deserved it. Yeah. Did, well, is that, is that what he said? Yeah, that's what he said. I mean, the kickoff hate week. Is he is he wrong? I mean, he's not wrong, but you know, it's not typically something you know you hear an Illinois quarterback that's say. True. About yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. And then I mean, USC transfer Josh. Matter Bebe. A matter Bebe. I said I was going to say, Josh, I don't know how to say your last name, and I don't want to be rude. He just had absolutely cr- like clutch catch after clutch catch in this game. He had that fourth and 18 catch. He had the Hail Mary. Did he have the Hail Mary? I believe he did have the Hail Mary. Uh, he, no. No. Was that? Uh, no, it wasn't. I'm sorry. He had the fourth and 17 catch. But no, he did have the touchdown to end the half as did well. He? Yep. Yeah, oh, that's did he? Said, yeah, so oh, he did. Well. He only he had four had catches in that game. The, clu- yeah. the clutches four- catches of catches of the game. This man aver- averaged forty five yards per reception. Yes, that, uh, that yeah. is absolutely unacceptable. If you're a secondary, if you're a defensive back, that is like horrifying numbers. Oh yeah, no. Once I, I this is one of the points I have on here. I didn't think Michigan State's defense really played that bad. I like you looked at the numbers and they're like astounding in the second half. I think you look at a couple plays. The fourth and 17, unacceptable. It's Xavier Henderson taking a horrible angle on that first touchdown of the fourth quarter. Yeah, That's something you're like, you, you got to make that play. But once Josiah Stott went out, Illinois understood that they, they were it was kind of like easy pickings on Josh Butler and Shakir Brown. That's just good coaching right there. And Michigan State was not able to adjust in the second half. Noah Harvey, who made his first start, air quotes, because he didn't really – play the same position Joe Bocci plays. He, he was kind of flexing in with Antoine Simmons with the position he was playing when Bocci was in the lineup. But he looked good. He was fast. Yeah, no. Uh, Smaller Har- guy. Harvey played very well. I, I He was a noticeable guy on defense, which is something that you can't really say about anybody else on, on the defense. And, and you look at this defense, they let a lot of big plays, like that 4th and 17, that pro- that ends the game, obviously. They also uh, they they looked like they were about to get a goal line stand, and then you get a pass interference holding on Josh Butler, which I do think was a penalty. But it I was think, no, I believe I I, I it think was it was a penalty when you look at that. But at the same time, I, I did not think that guy was touching the football, so I could have seen why people were upset about it. It was a penalty though. It was a holding or a pass interference, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, you could it. go either one. Yes, I, I think the the call more Spartan fans should have a gripe with was the Cody White. Oh, that was a horrible call. 
That was yeah, a horrible Yeah, that call. wasn't good. That was a horrible draw. But I don't that, that's the problem with offensive pass interference. Sometimes when the guy's trying to do like that Olay arm move, mm-hmm. where he's not pushing off, but it like he does he uses his arm to get open, but he's not pushing off, so it's not a pass interference. I don't know. What are you gonna say, Bach? The if anyone is blaming this loss on oh, the no. pass no, interference call, and I'm not saying not. you guys are, no, but no there are people out there that are that, that were yeah. that were saying on Twitter after the game, oh, the officials blew it. No, 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 no. First of all, Josh Butler didn't even need to commit that penalty. No, nope. that pass was not going to be caught. No, he he, he just didn't trust himself there, and that's just kind of the season he's sort of had, which is kind of disappointing for a guy that's a very likable character the, and's the, been through a lot. The thing is with Josh Butler, it's very obvious that he is a massive like coverage liability. Every team I've seen thus far has taken advantage of that from well, Tulsa to Illinois. It it hasn't mattered what. Well, Shakir Brown is, is is on him. It's just they don't it's have a easy set, picking. They don't have a second cornerback. Shakir Brown yeah. got on that fourth and seventeen. He was the guy in the coverage. You can't. I, I don't know how that even happens. I mean, the thing with the thing with Butler, he's a good open field tackler. <laughs> no, like if he is. somebody so makes Shakir a play, Brown. if you make a play in front of him, they'll bring you down. But when you give him yardage and you get behind him, yeah, it's it, 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 it's over. Yeah, when Josiah Stout went out, I think this def- the defense just completely changed. He's on the depth chart starting this week against Michigan, which I was very surprised to see. that They held him out there in that game, but he's already by Tuesday on the depth chart. That was interesting to me. But I, I, Antoine Simmons is a pro. That was the only other note. I don't really have any sizzling hot takes about nope. Michigan State. There's, what else is there to say that we haven't already said? I will just say this. I think the one part that people are not talking enough about of enough about is them on third and five when they're up thirty-one to thirty, and they decide they decide to basically do QB sneak. I mean QB draw with Brian Lewerke, basically saying we're fine with settling for a forty-eight-yard field goal yeah. with about two thirty left to go. That was I didn't get that at all. It made no sense to me. It, it, like they got one yard on the play, they made the field goal anyway. I mean, a, a confidence builder for Coglin. That's that's something well, you can and he came take going through. Forward. Yeah, he no, came through. It was, yeah. a, it was a clutch kick. No, but very clutch. You kick. need you needed to you needed to either take more time off the clock or score six. It didn't make any. I would say play a Don't. Why are you playing not to lose? You have to like you're playing a team that's so over your head. The play that lost the game was given up fourth and sixteen. Oh, obviously, obviously. But I just think people don't talk about that that third and five where they basically just punted on trying to get a first down. I. I, I thought that was interesting, but other than that, I, I, they're just not a good team. It's 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 hard to like say like hot takes and like they're they're being mismanaged on the coaching end. Yeah, they are. They're not being coached well. They're that's obviously why they're four and five. Yeah, there's nothing new we can really add. Yeah, everything that has been touched on. I mean, we just reiterate at this yeah. point. I will say this: I was very like Trey Mosley got a lot of targets, a yeah. lot of targets for a guy playing basically in his first game in that starting role without Daryl Stewart, which I didn't hate. I didn't hate. He dropped that one in the end zone, which was going to be called back. C.J. Hayes was also Do we know about Daryl Stewart's status this week? I saw he was in a boot. He was in a boot. So he's probably not going to play. No, he did not end in crutches. It didn't look like. That's just. Is he on the depth chart? I didn't see it, no. Someone checked if he's on on, the depth chart. I'm looking right now. Okay. I have the depth chart right here. We'll plop that out when we're talking about the Michigan game, but. Let, let's get to the bid time because I, I no, no, not on the depth chart. So no, Daryl Stewart Darryl won't be Stewart. playing. It's yeah. uh, the Reese yeah, Nelson. It's Cody White, Trey Mosley, and then C.J. Hayes, Julian Barnett, and 
I would like Larice Nelson and yeah. Sowards. Yep. I would like them to use Julian Barnett a lot more, but they don't. I, or Larice Nelson. Well, you've already burned his red shirt, so you might as well go all in on yes, it. Yes, doesn't make any sense to me. Or give him an opportunity to play defensive back, like they've done in the or past. Or both. Yeah. Might as well. I mean, can't do much worse at this point. It's not even that. You just you're at this point in the season. I think Michigan. I think. If the, regardless of what the outcome of this Michigan game is, and that's the, this week, excuse me, there, you're going to see a lot of different guys playing a lot of different positions the last two games of the year because they have room for error against Maryland and Rutgers. But, yeah, let's get into the big time. I'm tired of talking about Michigan State because we're going to talk a lot more about them in the back half of the show. And I, do you have something to say, huh? Yeah, real quick. The guest picker oh boy. on for the Baylor-Oklahoma game in 2015 was Jeff Dunham. Okay. Is he bizarre? Sometimes really weird. Sometimes because he's just like a Southern guy. He's not affiliated with Baylor in any way. I don't think anyone is affiliated to Waco except Fitzer Upper because Waco is not a nice town. No, yeah. Have you ever been though? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. I've been to the silos. I've been to the Magnolia Farms. Oh, of course he has. I have a friend that goes to Baylor, and really nice campus. There's nothing there. It's it's Baylor. It's Magnolia, and that's it. Really nice campus. Can I say? Hunt, do you not? Do you have a friend at every Southern school? Pretty yes. much, yeah. Like yeah. he's got a people at Auburn. He's got people at Baylor. Yep. You got I think all the Texas schools. I got. You got A and M, Tech, and Austin, UT. Yeah. yeah no TCU. No wow. TCU. <laughs> no TCU. No no Texas Christians. <laughs> no SMU. I don't. I don't have a, a Pony Express friend. Yes. Well, let's uh, Big Ten. I'd love to make one though. Big Ten, not a lot going on in the Big Ten, really. I mean, except that Minnesota Penn State game. Ohio State covers minus forty five against the Maryland Terps without Chase Young. Chase Young looks like he's only be out this week against Rutgers, yep. and then he'll be bad it's for Penn official State. Official that yeah. he is. So good for good for Ohio State. I, I doubt the, a similar outcome will happen for the James N- Wiseman. The NCAA takes another hit, which is good. Yeah, good for them. I, I'm not even like the least bit salty about Chase Young. Oh, me either. Like, I, yeah, all these cares? Michigan people are like, duh, if he's he paid, coming back for the Penn State game. Uh. He got it's suspended like, for he got suspended for what he should have got. Like two games, that's fine. Like if yeah, you, like the whole thing where it's like a lot, like it was a lifetime run. I doubt that, but at the same time, if he paid yeah. back the loan, whatever, I don't care. Exactly, and yeah. the fact, I mean, obviously the NCAA has this policy about, um. They have some fund that families can use that can't afford to travel to these events, right? Yeah. So then Chase Young didn't use that. So obviously that was the mistake, and he's going to sit two games because of it. I think regardless if the Rutgers game and the Penn State game were flipped on their schedule, I think he probably sits the Penn State game and plays in the Rutgers game. Like, I don't think there's any big conspiracy here. Yeah, me about either. That, that these Ann Arbor people are concocting about this, but anyway. Me either. And then dead Purdue with a third-string quarterback beats an even deader Northwestern team. <laughs> Shout out David Bell. Probably the best. He'll probably win, I think. I don't know if the Big Ten is like weird or they have like freshman offensive player of the year. He'll probably be up there on the all-freshman team in the Big Ten. He's been really good. Wisconsin edges out Iowa in the lowest-rated national football broadcast, I think, of this year. I don't, I, I don't think anyone on Twitter was talking about this game because LSU – Bama was going Which on. Which game? Uh, Wisconsin Iowa. Oh no, yeah. I I I can't even re- I haven't even seen a highlight of that game. It was a ranked matchup. Wisconsin won twenty four to twenty two. Didn't see a highlight of it. Hey, hey shout out to Purdue's third string quarterback. His name's Walk on. Walk on. Aiden O'Connell. Hey, yeah. And down. they he they were dead. Now they're alive. That's a win for Aiden's everywhere. Yes, love to love to see it. 
And then, as we already touched on, Minnesota proves they're not total frauds. I, I don't think it necessarily means that they're a contender for the college football playoff. But I do think, like I said earlier, I think their offensive line is pretty legit. I do think they, whoever whoever they play in the Big Ten Championship, if it's Penn State again or Ohio State, I do think it will be a game. And it I think it won't be Penn State. No, I, I don't think it will be Penn State either. But whoever they play, I do think it's not going to be like the cakewalk that the West has been the previous couple of years. Maybe. I we'll know. see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll Ohio see. State's been known to blow people out in the Big Ten Championship. They have. They have. But also, they need to win the Big Ten Championship by, like, 50 in those games. This year, they'll probably just need to win it. But. Yep. Okay, let's let's move into our Players of the Week. For Rivalry Week, I figured I'd get some old-school Michigan State-Michigan players on the SRZ Awards. For the SRZ, DeAndre Cobb, Offensive <laughs> Player of the Week. We'll start off with Alex McCray. So... My offensive player of the week goes to probably one of the you know biggest name guys in the country. It's Joe Burrow. What he did against Alabama was just phenomenal. Thirty one uh, completions on thirty nine pass attempts for three hundred ninety three yards and three touchdowns, going along with fourteen carries for sixty four yards. Just shows that he is right now the best quarterback in the country and potentially vying for that number one overall pick spot. He's played himself in the top top ten of the draft easy. Shout out to Joe Burrow. I, I'll go next. I got Rashawn Bateman. Seven receptions, 203 yards, one TD. I think he put the national like media and audience on notice for how good this Wisconsin what, like wide receivers are. Rashawn Bateman is a sophomore. McCray was like he's projected a mid-first-round pick. Well, that that's for next year since he's a sophomore. But yes. they have another guy, I believe his name is Tyler Johnson. He's good. He's a senior. He's projected to be a late first-round pick. He had 104 yards. Well, Rashawn Bateman can flat-out play. Mm-hmm. Guys, a physical free. Tanner Morgan looked really good. Oh, but he's... but I, I, I'm going to go Rashawn Bateman as my Offensive Player of the Week. My SRZ, DeAndre Cobb, Offensive Player of the Week, is Disney+. Plus. Hey! <laughs> so it's, it's more so not offensive, but offensive. I think it's absolutely offensive how just – Silly Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu are looking right now because Disney Plus is balling out. Have you? I don't know. Have any of y'all gotten yep. Disney Plus yet? I'm in. I've already watched The Mandalorian. How incredible is it's Disney so Plus? Great. It's 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 something. They have everything. Every Pixar movie, every Marvel movie, every well, Star not Wars every. Movie. Well, they will but... soon when they get off of Netflix because they're under their contract right now. It'll go. to... Wait, they don't have all the Marvel movies yet. Not all of them. Nope. Do they not have? Uh, or the, Spider, the Spider-Mans aren't on there. Oh, what? I know. Is uh, Thor not on there yet? Thor, nope, Thor's on there. R- Ragnarok, Ragnarok is still on Netflix. Yeah, I was going to say. Ragnarok. When's this Ragnarok, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and... Black Panther. And Infinity War. Infinity War also. Endgame is on Disney+. Plus. Okay. Um, and, but, but those... Basically, all the Captain Americas, all the Iron Mans are all they got, on there. If they get Spider-Man, here, I got Disney I might Plus pulled up right here. Yeah, I'll take I believe all the Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, I don't care. All the old original Disney movies like so the original they, Lion King and they Aladdin. They have all the Simpsons so on there now too, don't yeah. they? I'll just, I'll just read you the Marvels. It's like, Endgame, Captain Marvel, Iron like, Man 3, Guardians 2. Go just, ahead. Like just offensive. Like Disney Plus is just balling out right now. So Disney Plus is my offensive player. Thor, okay. The Dark World, the worst Terrible movie in the movie. MCU. Yeah, horrible. Civil War, Age of Ultron, underrated. Terrible movie. You didn't nah, like that not one? A fan. Uh, not a fan. James Spader? No. Twitch Silver. They made Twitch Silver look horrible. I love Twitch Silver. Guardians, Thor, Doctor Strange, 
Captain America one, Ant Man, Iron Man one. Okay, let's Winter just not Soldier. do a list of the <laughs> MCU movies. We could have the a whole. Si- we could have a whole like all Marvel ones. Cinematic that's Universe. It. Those are all the ones yeah, that are okay. on. So only those. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's old a Disney Channel. That's yeah. a Raven. That's a Raven. The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yeah. Shut uh, up. Mosby. I'm so excited that Mosby's back on the big screen. I just know that Ryan Collins is a huge Raven fan. Not a ra- eh, I was more of a Sweet Life guy. I was more of a Nickelodeon guy when I grew up. Okay. Nickelodeon Sorry. just signed a deal with Netflix. I know. It, uh, when Zoe 101 hits Netflix, I will watch it immediately. <laughs> Drake and Josh. Drake and Josh is like in its. It's, it's on Hulu right now. Is, is it? it? Yeah. I it's watch Drake and Josh all the time. Huh. Drake and Josh is like its own category, how good it was. But like Zoe 101, right up there. Zoe 101, fantastic show. Shout out Pepperdine. Yeah, shout out Pepperdine. That place looked so sick on camera. I was like, God, I want to go to PCA. But, <laughs> yeah, but like, who didn't? Who didn't want to go to PCA? But let's move on to our Defensive Player of the Week. SRZ, Mike Martin, Defensive Player of the Week. I'm going to start off. Antonio Winfield Jr. You skipped me, but Tanner, no, I didn't. Tanner you said Morgan. It. You said Tanner Morgan, right? Oh, I thought that I was going to get it. I did skip you talk. again. I've skipped. I've it's fine. Okay, it's go fine. Ahead. No, no, no. This no. is the second Please. week in a row. This Please. is my new shtick. It's just Tan- I, I was just mad that you said him. Tanner Morgan, eight, we already talked about him, 18 for 20. Uh, only two incompletions, three touchdowns. He looks good too. He does. He's he's polished. He's sharp. He is runs. he a sophomore? Uh, I think so. He's a big. Di- I, I don't. This might be like a very just like hot takey ish. He's got the tools to be like play at the next level. Ninety-eight point one QBR. He is a sophomore. Yes, he's mobile. One hundred is perfect. By yeah. the way, he's he's good. I like Tanner Morgan. He's from Union, Kentucky. I mean, that's recruiting there for Fleck. Ooh, I don't think Fleck. I don't think he was a Fleck recruit though. Is he? Because this is year two no. for Fleck. Was year it? Two he originally for committed to Western Michigan and oh, then so decommitted to go so to Minnesota. So he followed Fleck. So yeah, he's my. Uh, he is my. Uh, what's the What's the name? DeAndre the Cobb. DeAndre Cobb, Big Ten offensive SRZ offensive player of the week. Close enough. Okay. That's yeah. I kind of said yeah. that in the wrong order, but that's fine. Yeah. SRZ defensive player Mike Martin defensive player of the week. I'll start it off. Antonio Winfield Jr. I, I is it? I don't like they say it like Antonio Winfield, but his I mean his father great defensive bat for the Minnesota Vikings. This guy has seven interceptions and second in the country in interceptions for Minnesota. I I, I if you can tell, I'm doing a little Minnesota theme yeah, for my awards, but. Good for them. I don't know. There, I, I was just pleasantly surprised how they held up athletically against Penn State, who is a team that has a bunch of dudes on it. Who's next? Yeah, I, I can go next here. Uh, my SRZ Mike Martin Defensive Player of the Week is Nicholas Ross. He's a true freshman defensive back from the University of, or no, is it Appalachian State University? That's it. Yeah, yeah sorry. And uh, he had a pick six against... South Carolina, which ended up being the deciding score in the game. Which Joe Dandron made, was the person on the line who said they would beat South Carolina. Yeah. That's why he's in first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all I got to say. As Ryan said last week, if I say it, it happens. It happens. Yep. Yeah. So uh, he had a pick six that ended up deciding the game. Final score was 20-15, to 15, and, you know, pick six decided it. So there you go. We're in mid-November, and Joe finally understands betting lines. Love it. Um, my uh, SRZ, Mike Martin, Defensive Player of the Week, is I'm going back to the NFL, is Nick Bosa of the San Francisco 49ers. What a stud. And, of course, he played phenomenally in 
what the 49ers Monday night loss should have won. Oh, at uh, against Seattle. What a Monday night game though. Yeah. On paper is a great matchup and the game actually turned out to be yes. really good. So ESPN's got to be thrilled about that. But um did you see him impersonating Dak Prescott yeah, pregame? That was That's funny. why he wins the award this week. If you, if if you haven't uh seen that, you got to look it up because It's pretty funny. It's Dak. It's Nick uh I don't even really know how to describe it. The little hip, like yeah, like like doing turns. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Jimmy G was doing it as a joke too. I didn't see that, but I just saw Nick. It's hilarious. Yeah, he's pretty funny. So he is the Mike Martin defense player of the week. Right, my Mike. I saw Z Mike Martin defensive player of the week is Illinois safety Sidney Brown. Picked off Brian Lewicki twice on Saturday, as well as having thirteen total tackles and a pass deflection. So he balled out against this. just gross Michigan State team. One of those uh, interceptions was returned for a touchdown, too. Also, he is the NCAA uh, Defensive Player of the Week. Rightfully so. Ian Hunt took mine, so yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that one. Sidney Brown. Joe, you didn't do an offensive one, so you don't get a defensive one. No, I got an offensive. Oh, well, you did not say it. I didn't say it. (laughs) It's Shane Bouchelle. Shane Bouchelle. I thought about going him. 400 yards. Big. It was a shootout against East Carolina. Yeah, okay. I did not Joe was being a part of this. Yeah. But yeah. Joe Good joins pet. when he wants to. Good pet. Joe, who's your uh, powerhouse of the week? Another fat guy? Uh, former Browns, current Houston Texans defensive coordinator and assistant, I believe. Oh, Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell is one of those guys who's got like his uh, play sheet yep. like clipped onto him. Yeah. I love that look. It's got like I think an it's extension on his gut. Like an yeah. extension cord that comes out when he needs to pull it. Yeah, it's great. Good pitch, Joe. Good pitch. Hunt. All right. My SRZ Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame of the Week is Minnesota offensive tackle Daniel Falele. This man out Huge. of Melbourne, Australia. He's a sophomore business and marketing edu- education major, and he is six foot nine, 400 pounds. Went this to man. IMG. This man is a frame and a half. So he is. I might. He he might even be my frame of the week the next two weeks because of how big this guy is. IMG guy. He's, he actually can move pretty well for how big he is. So yeah, shout out to Falele. I'm the stick in Minneapolis. PJ Fleck. Jeez. I just I, I I love PJ Fleck after a big win. I love the little crowd surfing. I buy into all the row the boat stuff, and I just love the look. PJ Fleck always has got. He's always got to have like the like six hundred dollar Nike shoes on. Yep. He's got to have like the tightest Lululemon pants on, and he's got that. Even though I don't like the tie over the quarter zip, the quarter zip is like does not fit at all. It's the tightest thing you've ever seen in the world. But I just love it, and he's got that like smile. I love PJ Flock. I love PJ Flock. Hot take: Gophers fall this week in Iowa City. Well, that's on our pickum. So, Uh, sorry. Yeah. No. Okay. (laughs) I just had to put that out there before anyone (laughs) said it first. All right. Okay. Okay. Sure. Uh, the SRZ, my SRZ, Joey Ellis, powerhouse, memorial frame of the week is Josiah Scott. Mm. The hit he laid. Ooh. Yeah. That murdered. was insane. Ouch. Yeah. I, I, that guy I, broke his ribs immediately. I felt that from the press box. Oh, yeah. That, clean, too. That very hurt clean me. Hit. Oh, it was, a, it was a very clean hit. It was shoulder right to the sternum. Yeah. That's oh, how they goodness. teach you to do it, man. Love. Oh, my great. goodness. Here we go, right. Bach. I'm not I, forgetting you this time. Thank you so much. Forgot my name. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. been, yeah. Um, my SRZ Joey Ellis Powerhouse Memorial Frame of the Week is 
Ohio Bobcats lineman Hagen Messervy. Good pad. For uh, the he stands at six foot three, three hundred pounds, and gracefully executed a cartwheel last night during Maction. How Maction. about Maction being back? What a win Love that it. is for society. Yep. We got um, games going on right now. Yeah. Um Ohio or uh, tomorrow night, Akron's playing too. So yeah, we have bowling green Miami, Wait, I thought Ohio. Akron played yesterday. Or I mean, no, it was Ohio and Western yesterday. Akron plays. There was tomorrow. two games. There was two games yesterday, weren't there? Akron's terrible. Akron's right. so bad. Yeah, yep. Right. So he did for some reason did a cartwheel on a punt. Some type of fake punt. Remember the guy yeah. falling down and like fake dying yeah. on the punt? Um, that was a good couple one. years ago. This one might be better. It's pretty solid. Um, and I like it's, that. Pick. It's because of the execution of the cartwheel. It's, I love it's, it. It's it's a like a perfect ten cartwheel. I can't I can't even come close to doing a cartwheel. So major re- or a, a cartwheel like this. So major respect to uh, Mr. Mr. Hagen Messervy. I hope I'm saying that right. Not only doing a cartwheel, but doing it in full football pads. Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. At, at 300 pound man, that's ridiculous. So 300, they're the best athletes on the field, offensive linemen. I'm telling you, we uh, we have a blowout alert right now. Miami, Ohio, in the matchup, by the way, is blowing out Bowling Green 24 to three. It's the second quarter still. Uh, well, that hey, be, that could get that's ugly. what it looked like in well, East Lansing. The people, the people who will be listening to this will probably be listening to listening on a Friday night. So this has nothing to do with them. I'm just saying. It's, okay. It's, Thank you for that update. Thank Live you. updates. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. But this week in the Big Ten, 9 Indiana goes to Happy Valley, take on the Nittany Lions. D- do they prove some unfraudiness? I don't have a word for it. Like, are they just... Prove that they're real? Not real, but like... That they're that, not a joke? That they're just like not beating up on terrible teams and they can... Maybe not win, but it will be a tight game in Happy Valley. Do you think it's tight? They have two losses. One's on the road to Michigan State, and the other is on the road. No, at home. Oh, was it at at home? Without their starting quarterback at the time. Well, they still don't have No, no, they don't have penalties. I understand that. Who would have thought that Michigan State would have to hang their hat on beating Indiana? I know. Shout out to that. Who would have thought Indiana would be 7-2? No one. I mean, they've, they've looked pretty solid. They're Take care pretty, of business. Are they 24 in the AP poll now? Yeah. First time they've been ranked, I think, since Antoine Randall was there. That's wild. Ooh. What's a name? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Shout out to Antoine Randall. Remember those those old Indiana jerseys when they had black helmets? Yeah, I don't remember so those. So ugly. I don't think that was like, I wasn't following football then, but those were terrible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely horrible. But yeah, uh, that game uh, intrigues me. Good noon slate this week. That's another noon kick. Uh, Wisconsin goes in Nebraska. Stop for all, show me something, dude. Just show me something. Keep this game close. I don't think it will be. It's sad. I, I need I, I need some like good positive energy out of Lincoln because I love Stop Ross. Lincoln I love Lincoln. Nice people, it seemed like. It's such a great it's a good town. It really is. If you ever get a chance like people, It's in the people, middle of nowhere. People, yeah, people like to say, Oh, it's in the middle of nowhere, it's Nebraska, whatever. Go to Lincoln on a on a fall. Nebraska home game weekend. Okay. You have to. Lincoln's very average otherwise, but on Nebraska home game weekends, Lincoln is as Bumping. good as as good as it gets. Okay. Okay. Move on, Northwestern, UMass. Northwestern's minus 40. No one cares. What Not is even... that line? UMass is the worst team in college football probably. So 40? That's... Yeah. UMass is so bad, Aiden. 40. UMass is literally the worst team in college football. Northwestern. Northwestern, this is like playing a high school team at UMass. That's how bad UMass is. This is, yeah. 
40 just still makes no sense. I think Northwestern's going to handle them easy. Ooh, Ryan Field at noon. Love it. Yeah. But um, that just makes no sense. Ohio State minus 50 against Rutgers and will probably cover last week without Chase Young. They don't need Chase Young this week, obviously. But Jesus. It's up 50 to 50, point. 53 and a half. Now. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. And and like the over-under is like 58, which is hilarious. Because they're just basically like, yeah, Ohio State is going to win 55 to nothing. 61 and a half now in the over-under. That's hysterical. <laughs> Hyster- like if, if Rutgers stores a touchdown, like they're like, oh, it's going over. Mm-hmm. It's pretty funny. And then biggest team probably in the conference this week, as you look at ranked matchups, Minnesota heads to Kinnick. I was upset at two straight years in a row. I two in what am I saying? <laughs> in two straight years, Iowa has beaten a ranked opponent yep. at home in Kinnick in November. Then it was Ohio State two years ago, and I don't know who. Remember won. Michigan in twenty sixteen. Oh, yeah. Michigan too. But that or that, that was, was three. Or it four. was two years. They've done it twice, both in sixteen and eighteen. Oh, remember I when feel like they beat someone last? Remember year. when they walked it off of the field goal? Yes, I do remember that. I was a senior in high school yep. for that. So yeah. that was the year. That was Michigan's one loss before they lost to Ohio State in overtime at the shoe. Yeah, Michigan really screwed they the pooch there. Did. They did. That was the best the team that Harbaugh had yeah. on far. Yeah. yeah, definitely screwed the pooch there. The JT spot. Oof. Oh, my God. I can't even get into that. That makes me so <laughs> mad thinking about that. And, of course, the blood boiling already just thinking about this game. Michigan State, Michigan. Battle for Paul Bunyan at noon. Let's get into it. Michigan Wolverines come in 7-2. and two. Look to win their second straight game in the series for the first time as under during Marta Antonio's tenure, which is kind of pretty crazy stat to think about. But that's just a testament to how good Michigan State football has been over the past 13 years and how much they've cared about this football game. Yep. And uh, Michigan, been a completely different team since the second half of that Penn State game. Blowout Notre Dame after that game. Probably should have had an opportunity to go to overtime if Ronnie Bell catches that ball in the end zone. In the final moments of yeah. that game, and, and Maryland, they didn't really look very good, but they took care of business. And right. I, it, that's one of those games. It's hard to get up to, up for. Excuse me. Michigan's offense, good weapons. DPJ, Nico Collins, Ronnie Bell, and Tariq Black. I, I think DPJ, Nico Collins are both first round picks. I, I highly disagree about Peoples Jones. Peoples Jones is one of those guys who will test so well at the combine. He, he doesn't catch the football. Yeah, I Collins does. Nico Collins is a man, and I, I don't know why he doesn't get the football He's more. He is legit. He's a beast. Peoples-Jones is I'm ever t- – he, he's he's a bad punt returner. Horrible punt returner. I completely and they, agree with and you. And they continue to put him back there. He's he, a, he doesn't catch the ball. He loses – he costs them 40 yards in field position every game. I agree with you so strongly, Eric Bach, about this take. This is such a good take by you. Because it bugs... He never... He's so ca- bad. He never... Ca- he's not so bad. And as a punt returner. No, yes. As a punt returner. He never catches the ball. He lets it go he on points. one hop. One hop. Every single time. And then he runs five yards and yep. gets tackled. Every time. And he's one of those guys, if he caught the ball and this actually made the smart decision, he would probably get 10 every yard. At 10 every time because he's so physically if, gifted. If Michigan's website was accurate as to how Donovan Peoples-Jones plays, they would have a picture of him with two arms pointing yeah. at the ball on a punt return to indicate where his, to his teammates where the ball is instead of actually catching it. Yeah. But Tariq Black, Ronnie Bell also accompanied those too. Tariq Black hasn't really had the year he hoped to have, but it's kind of hard to come off two foot He's injuries. He's so injury prone. He's like the Kyle Arns of football. Yes, but... They have good weapons on the outside that could definitely exploit this kind of 
mediocre Michigan State secondary. Yep. Pretty solid running backs in Charbonnet and Haskins. Haskins has came on ever since that Notre Dame game. He actually looks like a guy who could kind of be like the future running back for Michigan. Even though Charbonnet's a freshman, I think he has the Michigan record for rushing touchdowns yep, as a does. freshman. But uh, speed and space, say what you want about Josh Gaddis. I, I I don't know if I trust Josh Gaddis and Jim Harbaugh in a big game where their offensive scheme just yet. Notre Dame was a pretty solid step to go out and just absolutely dominate a team on the line of scrimmage. But uh, there's still questions there. I think Shea Patterson's is trying to, Shea Patterson has gotten a bad rap this year. I think he I he played really poor in the first couple of games of the year. And ever since that he's been pretty solid. So I I think he's done the bad rap. I think people just overrated him coming into the year like they do a lot of times with Michigan football. They just put him in a different category he shouldn't be in. But he's a solid Big Ten quarterback. Yep. And, it, and then Michigan coming off a bye, basically two byes, playing Maryland and then getting a bye, get healthy. And, and this Michigan defense, I don't have a lot to say. They still have Khalid Coutson. They don't have any of those superstars they had last year with Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich. But, I, I, I mean, they're solid. They got some guys that, like, Quinny Payne is a good player. He can get to the quarterback. They can get to the quarterback. I, I, I just don't know about their secondary because I, I truly have a hard time believing Ambry Thomas is a guy who's going to be able to consistently cover wide receivers on Ohio State or Josh Metellus, who's a safety who's been there for 15 years. Josh Metellus has been on Michigan longer than I, I've been living. That guy's been on that roster forever. He was like Harbaugh's original recruit. Was he? I like he's just been there for nine years. Who has a longer tenure, Metellus or Brandon Sowards? Brandon Sowards has been at Michigan State. Or Perry Ellis at Kansas basketball. Classic joke. Perry Ellis, coach on Kansas basketball now. I, I saw him in warmups <laughs> before the the Champions Classic, and I, I just I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, he's he's back in the back in the KU unis. <laughs> he's get, he's getting his uh, his PhD now. Oh. oh, I'd actually I'd made that. No, up. somebody and, said and he's finishing his back... degree. Like, how could he still be finishing his degree? He was in school for ten years. He, he's well, in, it's he's Kansas in med basketball. He's you in think med they're school. Kansas basketball? You think yeah, they exactly. really care what they're doing in That's school? True. They're about to be like, quote, canceled. Kansas might, but North Carolina doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> that was crazy. North Carolina didn't even get like any punishments for just having fake classes for fifteen years. Shout out, good way of business. He got away with it. Yeah. Hey. hey you you get away with if it. you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's right. Shout out to Houston Astros. What a joke that is. Whatever. But I, I, you look at this game, Michigan's clearly the better team. They've been the better team all year. They probably have more talent across the board. And the one thing that everyone would be like, well, it's a rivalry game. While D'Antonio is so successful against Michigan. And I get that there's going to be a little extra motivation for Michigan State after what happened last year in their home field. I, I, I want to play the Chase Winovich Little thing he said post game, which this shouldn't get Michigan State fans mad. Nope. But it will. Uh, and of course, I'd have an ad. You guys want to listen it's to this ad? The no. word for word. It's the word for word quote, basically, of what Mike Hart said in 07 almost. Yeah. I, I, I just think, like, this type of stuff, it still gets my blood boiling as a Michigan State fan, honestly. I mean, Devin Bush, like, put his like foot on the, like, Spartan thing. Who cares? the game and we still came out here and uh, just got after him every single play like I said last week you know the prior couple weeks were for the boys this one just for our season and uh, we knew that they couldn't hang with us and we, we did what we had to do sometimes your little brother starts acting up and uh, 
put him in place. Yeah, well, that was and basically it. First of all, absolutely, and, I don't know what he was saying. Two and three. 25 he, seconds. His, of that I mean, clip. his career record is two and three against Michigan State, and their revenge tour ended with an absolute... getting embarrassed in their last two games. So, yeah, no, I. Good I, for them. Good I, for you, Chase. I thought Round that of applause. those Chase Winovich comments were preposterous no, when, they, he, they, when that, he said them because it was boy, just like, are you kidding me? You're a joke. Yeah, I don't get that, though. I don't know why, like, I got, I, I do, like, like, see the sense of, the like, the whole, like, we're Michigan, we're better than you. Like, I, I get that. I that yeah. That's that's a culture that's been at that program for 30 years. But, like, at some point. 130 you, years. No, but, just, like. Well, as long as they've been counting wins, man. Yes. Yeah. Well, I don't get why, like, no one's to say, hey, guys, let's not do anything stupid to Michigan State because it's pretty, like, y- like the one advantage they have is that chip, and you just, like, continue to do stuff like that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't get it. Um, I just played that just to say my question was, any pregame skirmishes this year? Nah. If they're, why why would Michigan State, I mean, they'd, ha- they'd have to initiate something, right? I mean, I, I'm thinking, like, pregame, a little, like, chattering at, like, midfield. Little dance and off. Then, then they'd say, "Okay, well, you have four wins." Yeah, I know. And the I mean, only it's embarrassing. That it doesn't like, stop it, people from cha- chirping. If, if, if you don't, yeah. if, if you're chirping when you are under 500 on the season, uh, you are a joke. The only way that it's so could be somewhat problematic is because we know the tunnel situation they at only, Michigan State. Yeah. They only have obviously remember when. Uh, What's his name? Bolden got kicked out of the game in 15 for targeting and yeah. ran all the way around the field because they only have that one tunnel yeah. that's opposite the press box. That was so super funny. thin, right? Yeah. So that was one of the worst hauls ever. They're oh, I know. They're gonna have to, they're gonna have to really plan that out because there could be the potential for some type of skirmish yeah. in the tunnel. Yes, especially since they only have that one. I love how you're like planning it out as a ref. You're just like seriously, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, that's that's like the official in me was thinking like whoever the crew is is probably already have some type of plan to avoid that. Uh, last question before we start getting into the pickum and making our predictions for this game: Is there any matchup as a Michigan State fan where you look at and say, "Hey, we can exploit Michigan"? Right now, it's There's hard for one. me. Go ahead. I, Aiden. I have one. You go first. I want to hear yours. He's not, so you're just some piggyback off of it? No. I, don't, uh, I, I, think I like the matchup of Raekwon Williams and Mike Ponishuk against the middle three of the Michigan offensive line. Mine is similar. Mine is the defensive ends against um, Zach Charbonnet. I think that... I defensive think, ends against a running think, back. What I are think, you talking about? I think they're going to expose him in the backfield. I think he's, they're going to try to go outside, and I think that that Kenny Willekes and Jacob Panishuk can do at least a pretty good job of getting to them. I before. think Mike and Raekwon can can plug up the middle and turn Michigan a bit one-dimensional. Okay. That's the only that's the only you, you asked the only matchup that I think it's is, is advantage Michigan State. I've lost the ability to speak there. That's it. Okay. I I think Michigan State has better punters and kickers. I guess. I mean, yeah, I, Moody, I, I, the Moody Nordine thing going on in Michigan, where they just like yeah. flip them. I don't know what they're doing there. Yeah, I, stick I don't. With one kicker. I don't get the kicker situation Michigan has, and you know, I love Hartbarker. Hartbarker is a good punter. I love the Hartbarker Peoples Jones matchup. Yeah, yeah, that's a great matchup. He's pretty good to me. Yeah, we're gonna talk all this stuff and Donovan Peoples Jones first punt houses. Uh, that that's that's why they put him back there though. It's because he has the potential to bring it back. That's why I think he's gonna be a first round pick. He's just got so his physical tools. Like you're he saying will, he's gonna get DK Metcalf. Yes, he's gonna test very well. I don't think he's like has the speed Metcalf has, but like 
He'll be a guy who runs like a crazy like three cone. His vertical will be crazy. I don't know. I, I if I look at one matchup, I there's something about Michigan State's defenses against Michigan like Michigan offenses in these games. There's some, there's a different energy. They fly to the football, and I think Michigan State will be able to hold Michigan in check for about a quarter or a quarter and a half. It's just the offense. I, I there's you, there's no logical reason for the, not reason or explanation to say Michigan State's offense is going to be able to put points on Michigan's defense, even if it's not the same caliber as it was last year. This Michigan State's offense is so inept. You, you don't. I don't see Michigan State being able to take advantage of maybe Michigan State's early defensive, like adrenaline. Defense. Yes, like I like I think I could see them coming out like they did against Ohio State. Yep, where you have a quarter and a half, a quarter where you're like, okay, they're th- they're this in is, this thing. No, no, they're like, wow, they're not physically like overmatched. And then I I think Michigan will be able to pick it up as the game goes on. But with that all being said. Here we go. Time for the pits, boys. Man. All right. Well, we did pretty good last week. Only one losing record. Yeah, we all know who that is. It was Eric Bach. He yep. went three and four. Ooh. Ryan Collins and Alex McRae. You both went four and three. Joe Danger and I, big winners last week, five and two for the two of us. Uh, standings are still as follows. Eric Bottom, Ryan, Alex, me, and then Joe at the top. Joe, you're 42 wins. You're 11 games over 500. How do you feel? going to talk the most. 11 games over the fi- over 500. Yeah. yeah. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Nobody. I, nobody. Not especially not you. <sighs> so I know. For, I know. For the game we've been talking about, the Michigan Wolverines led in the Michigan State Spartans and Ryan Collins for the first time ever going to the Big House to watch a football game. Michigan lane 14 points at home. This game kicks on Fox. Big noon Saturday. We'll start with Eric Bach. You know, I've been consistently hurt in the picks this year by Michigan State. You I can't think, pick them. I think Michigan. I for sure think Michigan wins the game. Yes. Um, I think Michigan covers at the end. So okay. I, I'm gonna go. I said this earlier. Somebody asked me my score prediction. Michigan 29, Michigan State 12. Chris so Berman number right it's a, there. It's, a, Love co- it. it's a, a, a cover at the end for for Michigan in this one for me. Aiden Hunt. I'm going to go even more Chris Berman numbers that are going to drive Ryan Collins crazy. Uh, Michigan State is 2-7 and seven against the spread this year. Their only two covers, Western Michigan and Northwestern. I I don't think they covered the last like, eight games of the year last year, too. So Probably they're... Not. Their last Four. 24 is probably Bad. unbelievable. But I think this is the only game the Spartans get up for the entire season. I think they cover. I think they lose by 10. I'm going to go Michigan 25, Michigan State 15. That's, a, that's, not, that's not a number that works. It's, but okay. You couldn't have gone 24-14? Nope. Okay. D- Danger Joe Dandron. What's okay, up? Okay, so I, do, I don't want to pick I don't want to pick Michigan State, but I'm going to go MSU. I'm okay. Gonna, I, because I just got a feeling. You got a feeling. Oh, yeah. And okay. it's going to be Michigan State will not win. Michigan's going to win by three. Okay. Late. That's a close game. Michigan, oh, like a last-second field goal, you think? Yes. I, last last minute, okay. they get one, right. ice it, and then MSU turns it over on the final Okay. Drive. Okay. But – Alex McCray, do you do you I have the same score. same faith? Yeah. I, I'm not. What you, did you? I thought you just said it. No, he didn't. No, no, no. I, I tuned Say Joe your out. Say your final so. score. Yeah, I, no, I yeah, I know. 31-28. Oh, 
Ooh, wow. that's that's way too high scoring, okay. but I respect it. Okay, that's a take. You're you're in first place, and I'm in last. So what do I know? Michigan State has given up 30 points plus in every game they've played since the Indiana game. That does not stop here. Michigan wins huge. Oh, it's not geez. a close game at all. Michigan 34, Michigan State 9. Nine. Michigan State coming what off this absolutely and completely embarrassing loss to a bad Illinois, not a bad Illinois team, a team that Michigan State's more talented to. Injuries in the wide receiver core. Everything stacked against them. And guess what? They're still not going to cover. I'm yeah. so tired of a little chip on the shoulder. Oh, yeah. Guess what? Go I, hate, I hate Michigan more than the, anyone. Yep. Anyone. I see Mason Blue, and I literally get visibly ill. I, I don't wish anything good about that university. I truly don't. I hate Michigan. And I, you, you guys are going to be like, oh, Ryan, are you Big J? No. Well, not on this podcast. I'm not a Big J. I'm going to tell you how it is. I hate that university. Guess what? It doesn't change the fact that Michigan State stinks. Yeah. <laughs> they stink. And guess what? If they cover 14 and a half, I would be delighted. They're not going to. Give me Michigan. Next game. Final score. Michigan, 24, Michigan State, 7. Okay. All right. I, I got, sorry, I had to get riled no, up for hey, that. No, hey. That's I, worth I, getting riled up for, man. It's hate I, week. I love it, Collins. Yeah. I hate God. I hate Michigan. <laughs> Everything about them. Whatever. And Number there's nine, nothing, nothing yeah. Michigan State can do about yes. it. Brian Collins, is Michigan State dead? Basically, yeah. They're about to go six and six, so it's pretty dead to me. But uh, next game on the slate, number nine, Penn State, lane 14 and a half in Happy Valley as nine, Windiana, travels to State College. This game will kick on ABC, noon kick. Eric Bach. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't have me go first. Um, God, this is a hard one. These are all hard this yeah, week. Yeah, good slate. This is a good slate. Um, Indiana covers... Barely. Penn State wins. Indiana covers 14 and a half in Happy Valley. Okay. Okay. I'll go nuts. I I want to take Penn State, but there, I feel like this is kind of like a letdown game in between Minnesota and Ohio State. They, they, they don't show up in the first half, and Indiana kind of jumps them because it's their Super Bowl. I could see Indiana being up at half, and then Penn State kind of goes, okay, it's time to pick it up. I still like Indiana to cover 14 and a half. I think 14 and a half is too big of a number. Alex McCray. So, as much as I want to buy into nine Indiana, I don't think I can do it. Okay. I think it's fair. I think 14 and a half is a coverable number if Michael Penix is the quarterback. And Peyton Ramsey is by no means a bad backup quarterback, but I just. I don't know if Indiana is going to have the offensive firepower to com- to compete with Penn State because they rely a lot on Stevie Scott as a running back for some offensive production, and I don't think Penn State's going to allow that. So, give me the Nittany Lions. Okay, okay, Aiden Hunt. Yeah, I'm with McCray. I want to take Penn State by 14, Indiana to cover. I just think 28-13 seems like it's going to be the final score of this game. 15 points, I'll take Penn State to cover, barely. Joe okay. Dandron. Okay. The leader. Okay. Lead dog. We, we just need to all just l- shut up and listen to Dandron when it comes to this thing. Gospel. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Indiana. I'm going to go Indiana, but they're not going to win. They're okay. They're going to lose by three. 
Thank you. You're like Corso. I love Indiana. Yeah, yeah, I know. He's a Indiana. Eight Indiana. No, he says just like, <laughs> buy a field goal. Buy a field goal. I love that. Closer than the experts think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what he Isn't says. Isn't he the expert? Well, <laughs> not anymore. Uh, but true. That dog is ugly. Sh yeah. Shout out Lee Corso, the goat. Actually, the goat. Next game, we go to South Bend. As number 23, Navy. Yeah, this is Shout this out is the Navy being right. This is weird. Shout out the Navy. Notre Dame. Seven Troops. point favorites against a triple option. Navy midshipmen. 2.30 kick on NBC. Why is it 2.30? Because NBC's weird like that, and they've been doing that this year. I don't know why they did so that. So weird. It's so weird. It screws up like the whole slate. Right, because you know, they want to have their game ahead yeah. of the other games. I don't know. It's weird. But it finishes like during the like yeah. the it's heart stupid. of the CBS They're 3.30. Stupid. It's stupid. They're not smart. Joe Danger, we'll start off with you. Okay, okay, okay. I'm pulling it up. And give me... You know what? I the midshipman. I don't like it. Notre Dame. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Dude, you are actually Lee Corso. That's yeah, what's killing me. He's, he's like, he I don't, has I don't no like reasoning. He's. You should like see. It. You people okay, at home should see his face when he makes these picks. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's a face of like confusion. I'm not sure what's happening, and yet he's in first place by a I, ton. I think that Ian Book is way Navy I don't think Navy's secondary can handle Notre Dame's wide receivers and okay. Ian Book's abilities that's why no, Navy's offense There's this year analysis. Navy's offense this year is the real deal real deal holy field Notre Dame wins by more than seven though I like Notre Dame yeah no I got to agree I think Navy has a weird offense I think Notre Dame's defense is going to be good enough to to mitigate the effect of that weirdness I think Notre Dame wins by more than seven See, this is such a dilemma for me because as somebody in last place, you want to be different than the guys to than the rest of you to make up some ground. But at the same time, if you're different and you're wrong, then you just lose ground. I was pretty set on Notre Dame, and I think I have to stick with the Irish. I'm taking Notre Dame. Ian Buck and the Irish, two scores. Everyone picked Notre Dame, so expect Navy to win out. Right. It's for a sure. Show. It, it, you know, it does kind of feel like it's going to be one of those games yep. that Navy just wins, yep. doesn't it? Yep. Okay, uh, let's move on to the number 12 Auburn, the oldest rivalry in the South. Auburn War Eagle Tigers plus three as they welcome in the number four ranked Georgia Bulldogs. This 330 classic, Brad Nessler, Gary Danielson. 330 CBS kick. I'm gonna go first. I absolutely love Georgia. I Me think too. Auburn. I think Auburn's been on a downtrend for the majority of this year. I think Georgia's kind of gotten his act together after the Florida game. I like Georgia to go into the plains and win by more than three points. Yeah, I'll go next here. I agree with you 100%. I think Georgia's defense is the real deal. They've done nothing but shut people down all season outside of South Carolina, but we don't need to talk about that. George is going to win. It could be a low-scoring game just because George's offense hasn't been crazy good, and the Auburn defensive line is made up of pretty much draftable players. So I'm going to go with Georgia, and it's going to be a low-scoring game. Nobody scores over 30. Hmm. Interesting. Is it me? Yeah, it's you. All right, this game is at Jordan-Hare. Ah. Georgia... Georgia did me well last week. They were my wild card. I picked them to cover 16 and a half at home against Missouri. They did. I think I'm going to go Georgia as well. Um, that's the smart play here. I think Bo Nix is still about 
six or seven SEC games of experience away from still being really good. I think next year Auburn is going to be a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. But this week, Georgia wins at Jordan-Hare. Very low-scoring game, yep. I predict, for this. I mean, Auburn's defense is legit. Yeah, I, I think that Auburn keeps looking to November 30th. Yep. It's the only game that matters to them well, anymore. Well, Georgia's a big game for them, too. Though. Oh, it's a huge game, but I think the Iron Bowl is what they're going to get up for. I still think Auburn's going to win on the 30th against Alabama, but I think Georgia takes care of them on the road in this game. I'm telling you, Auburn's standing up for this game. This is a big game for Auburn. This is, Georgia is going to win. I mean, the spread is three. I think Georgia probably wins by, like, four yeah, or it's a, a touchdown. It's like a 17-14 game. Yeah, it's going to be it's, ugly. It's going to be a war. Joe Dandron. Okay. Sorry, what's Speaking that? Speaking in the mic. Okay, I was looking at I was looking at some wild cards. I'm going to go with Georgia in this one. I don't trust Bo Nix. Okay. Two oh. unanimous picks in a row. How about that? That's Yeah, that's never a good sign. Looks like Navy and Auburn are Switching getting to Navy. right yeah, up tonight. <laughs> now we move on to Give the, me Auburn. The four- nope, I'm not letting you have to take that. Yeah, okay. okay. Now we move on to the 4 p.m. Fox game as the Minnesota Golden Gophers travel to Kinnick to face number 20, Iowa. Iowa is three-point favorites. And, and it, this is one of those lines they want to suck you in. They want to suck you in. It is such a sucker line. And guess what? I'm not taking it. Give me Iowa. Yeah. I already spoiled this pick yes. earlier for myself. Um, Kinnick... In November, by the, it's a 4 p.m. Eastern time kick. By the time the second half rolls around, it'll be night. The lights will be on in Kinnick, Minnesota. It's just there's some type of spirituality about Kinnick in November with top 10 opponents. Give me the Hawkeyes to win outright. I disagree. <laughs> uh, the Golden Gophers are taking this one. They're going to be undefeated when they play in Madison, or no, at home against the Wisconsin Badgers. Uh, I'm going with Minnesota. You know, last week, Ryan Collins was going off about the fact that Iowa was ranked in the college football playoff rankings. I hate them. And we don't believe that P.J. Fleck and the boys can take care of them. It's just, it's one of those lines in Vegas. It didn't matter if it was Iowa or if it was Michigan State. It's where they're begging you to take Minnesota. Begging you. And those are the games where usually the team they're not begging you to take covers almost every single time. Three-point dogs for the Golden Gophers. I like them outright, and they're going to continue the magic. Okay. You know what? Here we go. All right. I'm going to go with Minnesota. Big Minnesota guy, so. Already got that pick right. I'm I'm glad to know I got the pick right. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big one. If Joe says it, it goes. Last game on the slate, the Chip and JoJo game of the week and college game day this week the Baylor Bears host game day since the last 2015 as they welcome in number 10 Oklahoma 730 kick on ABC you got Kurt Herbstreit Chris Fowler on that one plus 10 for the Baylor Bears at home and I'm telling you bark bark home dog oh yeah home dog is barking this week barking I like Baylor outright. They've played poorly the last two games. I think they've been looking ahead to this game for the previous couple weeks. I love Baylor this week. Love them. Yeah, Collins, that was a pretty weak bark. Bark, 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 bark. Pretty weak. I, I love the home dogs, though. They're not barking. They're they're tearing up the whole bark, bark, you know, kennel or whatever you want to call yes. it. Give me Baylor outright by at least a score. I'll go next. I was 
really thinking about Baylor in this one. I really was. But Oklahoma, man. Jalen Jalen was Jalen Hurts was the September Heisman winner, right? Yes. Um but he's kind of fallen off the national radar these past few weeks, especially after their loss at Kansas State. I think he's right back onto the national radar after this one. Throws him, throws his name back into the hat for New York. I think we've already established that Joe Burrows probably almost has etched his name onto the Heisman Trophy at this point. So it's all about getting to New York. Oklahoma on the road. The Sooners get it done. All right, Eric, I'm going to go with you on that yeah. one. Yeah. Oklahoma, the Sooners. Boomer. I agree, too. I'm, I'm full Boomer Sooner this week. I'm going with Oklahoma. Sick'em Bears, right, Collins? Yeah, Sick'em Bears. Sick'em Bears. Let's go. Uh, okay, I, I'm going to say this. As we go to the wild card, we've kind of shown up the last couple weeks on the wild card. We are combined 8-2 and two in the last two weeks on the wild card. Is, and McCray is still both for Both losses in the last two weeks were Alex McCray. He has not won one yet. So, not a good track record. But we move on. Give him the first pick, though, in the wild we'll card. We'll give you the first pick. I'm going pick. second, I call it. Well, my pick for the wild card this weekend is a team that was ranked last week playing a team that is ranked. And that's Wake Forest going to Clemson, getting 34 and a half points. I'm going to take Wake Forest to cover that. I love that. I love their quarterback. I love that pick, but. It seems like it's so many points. I I, I don't know if Clemson covered that. Eric Bach. I've been I've torn between two. I've been thinking about it the whole show, what I was going to do. Oh, I don't know. I really... This is the first one that caught my eyes, so I'm going to go for it. The 19th-ranked Texas Longhorns go into Ames, Iowa. Jack Trice Stadium. The Cyclones are seven-point favorites at home. I think Texas 19th. It's at six and six and three. Texas 19th in the committee's ranking. That's a lot of respect for a six and three team from the college football playoff committee. And I think that that respect is going to be validated this week. Texas okay. covers seven, or Texas covers a seven point spread in Ames. I'm not sure they went out right, but the long, uh, give me the Longhorns in that I, one. I, I'll go next. I've been riding the Pac-12 the last couple of weeks, and it's been good to me. I'm telling you something. Watch out for UCLA this weekend in Utah. This team's a completely yeah. different team ever I since agree. going 1-5. I I believe they were on a bye last week. Give Chip Kelly a week to prepare for a Utah team. I, I, I'm telling you, they're plus 21. I, I don't hate the plus 800 money line. I think this is going to be a game because I truly believe UCLA will be able to score on Utah, and Utah will probably be able to score on a poor UCLA defense. But I like UCLA being in this game the whole time. Eight o'clock kick in Utah. But I, I like UCLA. I kind of hinted at mine a little earlier. I know UMass is absolute trash. Yes. <laughs> 40 and a half for, for Northwestern. It shocks you. That's absolutely preposterous. Let me let me read you the Northwestern scores. How many points they put up every week? 7, 30, 10, 15, 10, 3, 0, Three and then 22 last week to Purdue. I don't think they beat UMass by 40 and a half. There's no way. Give me uh, UMass to cover that. That's a good pick. All right. I'm, I, I'm Joe, in on that one, huh? Joe, what, what do you got? You picked App State last week. You won outright. I know. I know. I, I did say that. I think I said they were going to win. Yeah, I think you did. I'm going with another. I'm going with some more mid-majors in this one. 
Air Force. Oh boy. Is playing Colorado State. Colorado State plus 10 at home against Air Force, who's 7 and 2. But give me Colorado State. I, I like that pick a lot. I don't I really like that pick, Joe. This is why he's in first. It's well, so hard to fade out because I have like one of those like 2008 Surface Pros. <laughs> so I'm just like tapping, tapping, tapping away, tapping away, tapping away, tapping away. Now it's faded out. Hey, yeah, there. I, I, that was a long nice. show, boys. Long show. How long? I don't know. It's a but lot of talking. A lot of talk. We once we got to the HGTV, we started getting fired up. So good show, though. You guys excited to go to Ann Arbor this week? Yeah, it should be fun. Yeah, I'm really Hopefully excited. Hopefully, they. I think we are. We're, we're we have gotten the word that we're going to be outdoors for our booth. Ooh, wait, what? Yeah, because Westwood One's going to be coming in. They need a booth after they promised I'm upset. you. Yeah. Well, I'm, well, Bryn, I'm upset. Bryn gloves this time. McRae. I was. I was. I was told. <laughs> I was told that I was getting an inside booth. Yeah. Now I'm going to. You hate to see it. I'm going to have to freeze to death. Well, you truly hate to see that. Just dress for the weather this time. Yeah, well, I'll yeah. bring my snow pants. Any comment, Joe Dandron? On the uh, fact that we don't have a booth for the game? Yes. Yeah, it's not going to be great. Not going to be ideal. You but know, hey, you got to work with you Who cares? Got. You're it's, in the building. It's a football just, my, Saturday. My lips are going to sound like they're frozen again, I'm like they were in gonna space. We'll bring a space heater. I'm yeah. looking. Look, mm. Yeah, well, Wisconsin. Sure, that'll be allowed. Wisconsin was like four weeks ago, and we were no one was prepared for how cold yeah. it was. Yeah. That's no, I, I, I will be absolutely bundled up. I might not even wear a suit. I might just wear like a coat and snow pants. I'm looking right. forward to see what kind of what kind of food Michigan Stadium has. Oh, probably fantastic. Also, quickly, can we rank the foods? I, I go northwestern Wisconsin, oh, yes. and then 10 feet of crap, and then Ohio State. And then everybody else in college football in the Michigan yep. State? Yep. Penn Wait. State, number one. Hands down, easy. Penn State last year was very, very, very Wisconsin good. Too. Wisconsin, too. Wisconsin? Wisconsin was You very put good. Wisconsin ahead of Northwestern? I, yes. The mac and cheese at Northwestern put, puts it over for I, me. I didn't, I didn't take the trip to Northwestern. Wisconsin, are you talking good. about? Yeah. You said Northwestern. No, we went to Northwestern this year, remember? Yeah, I, the, <laughs> the mac and cheese at Wisconsin was better than the mac and cheese at Northwestern. I disagree. As if talking about HGTV barbecue, for same. a few minutes wasn't weird enough. We're yeah. going to end the show ranking yeah. Big Ten. Why not? Why not? Media stadium food. foods. Why media not? Food. It, it, if you're going to be a big J, you got to complain about the media food, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You have and to. And you got to rank it, too, in the conference. Yeah, why Penn not? State, number one, hands down. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, when we go to Happy Valley next year, I'm expecting big things. Okay. Good show today, boys. Ryan Collins, Alex McCray, Eric Bach. I remembered your name Thank this you time. Thank you so much. Aiden Hunt and Danger Joe Dandron, our leader in the pitch. Thank you for listening to SRZ. Hope to see you guys next week and follow our coverage in Ann Arbor this weekend. You have been listening to Spartan Red Zone, a production of Impact 89 FM. For more Michigan State sports news, visit impact89fm.org slash sports.